When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Dunzo. This is a podcast that explores hookups and breakups of famous lovers and friends, both real and fake, and all the discarded pop culture of yesteryear. I'm your host, Troy McKeady. You guys, welcome to episode... I think 217, but I could be wrong, of Dunzo. It is me, Troy McEady. And I am very excited for this week's episode. We have a new friend of the pod here who I'm positive will be here again. I love a reoccurring guest. It's like my favorite thing. Yeah, a reoccurring sitcom character. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm joined by Kira Sullivan, and we're going to be having a conversation about eight girls today. How are you? Uh, I'm feeling so great. You said I should say my my TikTok is at SuperKira. Yes. I guess so, you know, apt to have a conversation about it girls, me being, you know, one of the it girls of the moment myself. (laughs) (laughs) You're on a press junket right now. Yeah, this is my press junket. I'm catching you at the tail end. You're, you hit up New York, you've done Letterman, you've done (laughs) Leno. Those shows aren't on anymore. Um, I'm so happy you called me a friend of the pod as well. I love being (laughs) a friend of the pod. Well, first of all, I I discovered you on the Tickety Talk because I was scrolling one night in bed and I found one of your videos that truly hit me in the deepest parts of my spirit <laughs> about um, women in Hollywood and the mm-hmm. rise and fall of their careers and these sort yeah. of traps that they fall into, these really unfair expectations that we set for them. And how we'll like build a woman up and be like, oh my God, we love you because you're quirky and silly. And then the month later we'll be like, we fucking hate that you're so goddamn quirky and silly. <laughs> it's so you. crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just loved your take on it. Thank you so much. I um, I had originally, that video came from, I had made a video called the Chris Pratt Pipeline talking specifically about like comedians who like get on steroids and, and we don't like them anymore right um but then someone was like is there a woman version of this and I was like yes but also no it's like a totally different pipeline but I also think like it's um I, I think it's smart this is all part of my master plan because my worst fear is like Jennifer what Jennifer Lawrence I guess kind of like went through she did do some like she, she did do some stuff that was definitely like ignorant and I don't like excuse any of her behavior, but like right. what I guess kind of before that happened, the way people were treating her, that's kind of my worst fear. Yeah. Uh, even, on, even on just like not even being like famous, even just like having a minor following on TikTok, it, it's kind of this like, um, I think all female creators. And also I was like, when I was researching it, it's like, I think all female creators to some degree have this idea of like a ticking clock of like right. I'm, I'm going to hit a point in popularity and then people are going to dislike me yeah. and so that was me trying to I think vocalize my anxiety about that ticking clock for me as well you know it's funny that you say that because I actually saw this really funny video last night from this creator and I I should like link her because she's so funny I don't remember the name of her account but she had said something like um, she was like, I'm noticing that people are like duetting a lot of my videos and they're being really mean and people are starting to call me out for like trying to become more famous or trying to make um, like viral moments happen. And she was like, I'm actually really into it because I'm reaching my like uh, villain era. Like this is the <laughs> villain era of me becoming like an it girl where like yeah. the public is turning on me for no reason, really. And it is a really scary thing, especially you know, I feel like with women, it's harder because you have, obviously you have like idiot, like caveman men following you, but you also have other women who are like totally rooting against you in a lot of ways and like excited for the moment that they can like turn on you. Yeah. I actually, I made this video about how, um, I, I made this 
TikTok recently and I had I did not really expect it to go viral at all but now it's like my most liked and most viewed video and it was like a joke about um how it's like kind of silly that it's assumed that like the father passes on his last name and not the mother mm -hmm. and it, it it was so clearly like a joke um and like it's like a joke rooted in truth but it's a joke like yeah. I was poking fun at something and uh, I knew that it would make like misogynists kind of mad, but the thing that was annoying was like uh, women in the comments being like, this is so stupid. Why do you care about this? There's like other, there's bigger problems in the patriarchy that we need to focus on or people being like white feminism at its finest. And I'm like, I never said this was like my, I'm not like plant, like I made one TikTok. I'm not on a crusade. Like right. this is this is the only video I've made about this. It's clearly meant to be comedic. I don't know why people kind of, and I think this is the same for any kind of like minority creator who um, like women aren't a minority, but like any type of, cause I see this a lot of the time with like, um, like people of color on TikTok where they will just make a joke about something in their culture and people will be like, why are you making a big deal about this or focusing on it? And people kind of assume that instead of just like making a joke, which they they are, right. um, that they are trying to like become the spokesperson for their movement and people treat them as such. And it's kind of this like unfair expectation of like people who don't agree with you, like white men are like, you're making a big deal out of nothing. Mm -hmm. And then people who do agree with you think you're trying to lead a movement when you're just trying to like make a one minute TikTok video. Right. And it's like really hard to navigate. You're like, I actually just had a throwaway thought on the way to my kitchen. <laughs> like, it's really not that deep. It's not like my thesis statement. I'm on my way to go eat dinner. It's all, I'm on my way to go eat dinner. This was also like the idea of like, the notion that you have to deeply care about something in order to make fun of it on the internet is yeah. like, do you know what the internet is for? Yeah, it's like, this is, it, TikTok is literally a vaudeville show. Like, what <laughs> yes, is this like, enough? Are you kidding yeah, me? Exactly. Um, but yeah, so on this podcast, I've, I, you know, I, I love pop culture just generally. And you and I were kind of talking before about like pop culture being um, our sports growing up. Yes. And uh, I've had many conversations on this podcast during different episodes about people like Anne Hathaway and um, just all, I've talked about so many different women, Drew Barrymore, and just these, these crazy pitfalls that happen in their careers. I love the trajectory of, an, of what we consider an it girl, especially mm -hmm. somebody that you can look back on who's had like a 20, 30 year career in the highs and lows and those moments where you think like, how can this person possibly come back from whatever the thing is? And then they do. Um, but they all have had similar routes, but like also very different. Uh, yeah. And yeah, so I I asked Kira to just basically make a, a short list of a few a few Hollywood women that she finds really interesting. I did the same thing, and we're just gonna kind of take turns gabbing about some interesting gals. Yeah, I'm. I love so many it girls, so many interesting, interesting girls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, okay, so I told you in our DMs that my my blueprint, people listening already know what I'm about to say. For me, the blueprint, the one and only, the one that you compare everybody to is Julia Roberts. Wow. Yeah, Julia. She she's got the star quality. What can yeah. I say? Yeah, she, she just she like really for me personifies what it means to be an A-list star. Mm -hmm. I think she's had a really interesting career. And, you know, I think that the way she's sort of navigated her fame in a lot of ways has been very desirable, a, a desirable thing to try and emulate for mm -hmm. women to come after her, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Kind of lo look up to as someone who has navigated successfully through Hollywood yeah. as an A-lister. Totally. She's gone through so many like ups and downs. She's gone from being you know, really, really loved to really hated to them being the, the highest paid female actress in the world. I mean, mm -hmm. she's really had some highs and lows. Um, and also she just occupies this space that not many people get to the, like the, the golden girl, yeah. like the giant smile, the face that's just splashed on every magazine, the red hair, what can the you red say? Hair. She's an icon for that. 
Yes. Oh my God. The hair, the laugh. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's she just just, everything. It's but everything. It's, it's like funny what you said about how, you know, these it girls often like Julia Roberts, they bounce back because in the video I did about it girls, I mentioned like Anne Hathaway or something. And I got a ton of comments of people being like, wait people don't like Anne Hathaway like what did I miss god they were like what are we talking about I thought people loved Anne Hathaway and it was like wow how quickly we forget right how quickly we forget because I did not forget that like three or four years ago at like the peak of Les Mis you all were coming for Miss Anne Hathaway's throat and it's really interesting how once they kind of have to like once they come out of hiding people are like oh yeah Anne Hathaway we never hated her it's so weird the short-term memory loss of it all kills me. It always yeah. kills me when it comes to the way women are treated in Hollywood, just generally. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm a Britney head, and I had this whole moment where I was like, I had to discover <laughs> that people forgot we tried to kill Britney Spears. I was yeah. like, oh, people forgot. They literally forgot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and I think, you know, the like I said, the way that different women have dealt with those sort of slopes and popularity is interesting um I did an episode about Julia a few years ago on this podcast and I had discovered kind of sort of like before my time that Julia had you know fallen in love with Kiefer Sutherland and she had this like very intense relationship with Kiefer before that she was the the golden girl the golden, golden goose girl. You know, golden goose the beautiful <laughs> smile all the things yeah and then she dates Kiefer Sutherland um basically pulls like a real life runaway bride cancels their wedding last minute and then falls in love with his best friend publicly I did not know this yes and she had a crazy slope in popularity the public turned on her hated her immediately they started calling her the ice princess and the ice queen uh, wow you know? yeah and that's she- crazy I didn't know that story yeah, and she was able to kind of turn it around. And then, you know, a few years later, she's the highest paid actress in, in the world. Wow. Julia Roberts. Yeah. So I just think, I, I bring up Julia first because I compare so many people to Julia. Like I just, yeah. you know, as far as being like an it girl, it's like it doesn't get more it girl than that. That's so true. Wow. How, how did she, do you have any ideas or like, do you have any thoughts about how you think she was able to turn it around? Did she just kind of pull an Anne Hathaway and like go underground for three years or did she, or she, like, did she work on it or? She did become reclusive. She had like did the the whole like Shelley Duvall where all of a sudden Julia Roberts is like peeking through the blinds of her mansion. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But like, she sort of won the public over again with the thing that they originally loved about her which was like her charm and the fact that she stars in these you know the other thing is like Julia Roberts stars in these movies that really become like bookmarks for American culture like yeah like the rom-coms she's so yeah she's so charming so yeah I just think she's I just think Julia is super interesting and that is an interesting an interesting woman to be sure I think also it's like the only way I've seen really people kind of like get out of the the Jennifer Lawrence pipeline or or the Julia Roberts pipeline really it, the original the OG is kind of going underground and becoming yeah. like an, a, a recluse for at least three years yep. and then coming back and everyone just like forgetting why they hated you in the first place <laughs> yeah. and, and I think like that's actually the only way to survive yeah, you got to come back with like a new haircut and like, yeah. you know what I mean? Some sort of like new look. Like you have to like rebirth yourself to someone, the media. Someone pointed out during the Jennifer Lawrence pipeline video that um, a couple of the girl, a couple, a couple of girls who have like fallen from grace, like Jennifer Lawrence and Katy Perry, like the kind of their lowest point in popularity also really corresponds to when they get that pixie haircut. Mm-hmm. And um and then they were like, Florence Pugh just got the pixie haircut. And I was like, I need to delve into the pixie haircut and how that relates to all of this. Isn't that crazy? It's really weird. Because it's too, it's like, it's happened too many times for it to be <laughs> a coincidence. It's happened, it's like once, okay, two, two is a coincidence. Three, it's a pattern. Yeah. That's a pattern. Yeah. 
It is. It's so funny. The Miley, the Miley of it all. Yeah, the Miley's also her lowest point in popularity also corresponded to a pixie cut. Yeah. <laughs> God, that's which so is, funny. Which is, I don't know what to, so I'm never getting a pixie cut, basically. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, you'll never catch me with a pixie cut. <laughs> I'll never be able to grow my hair into the pixie cut that I always wanted. I never, I'll never get to serve Katy Perry. <laughs> right. Oh, darn. Yeah. Um, I'll let you go now. It's your turn to pick somebody. Um, so the person I'm kind of interested in is like, because with the Jennifer Lawrence pipeline, I, I was kind of starting to like predict in my mind of like, just kind of thinking about who the other it girls were. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely some people that like, I feel, because I feel there's this really weird shift happening right now. This is going to be kind of like a long tangent. I, no, I, I'm going to try it. to hope to I love it, it down. But um, I think there was like a, there's been a really big shift when we hit 2020 of like, the latter half of the 2010s, like starting in 2015, really to the end of the decade was like a, like a time I like to call like the reign of the Twitter celebrity Mm, where um, we really loved celebrities who were like relatable. Um, And, you know, like we saw people like who were already well-known like Ryan Reynolds, like he was a well-known actor, but he completely rebranded as like a funny man and like a funny man of Twitter. And same with Anna Kendrick. And I was thinking about all these people who were popular on Twitter in the past decade and how all of them are kind of disliked now. Chrissy Teigen. Yeah, Chrissy Teigen, like Ryan Reynolds, Anna Kendrick, all of them. And I think what we've seen is like, I think, and I've noticed while the people who were kind of, I guess, seen as like relatable celebrities are declining in popularity. Mm-hmm. I I feel like we're witnessing the rise of like the aloof celebrity. Mm-hmm. Um, as in like you kind of start seeing these like stan videos of like adam driver and killian murphy and anya taylor joy mm, and the zoe people, kravitz of it all yeah the zoe kravitz and you, you're seeing people really start to stan people who keep their mouth shut basically yeah. it's like people who have very little to to know social media presence when they do post it's about like just their work they don't really share any of their personal life Mm -hmm. all of the videos you see in these compilations are just like interviews from press junkets it's not them being like relatable on twitter or anything um but but with dakota johnson i think she kind of fell into this of she kind of became or at least one of the first kind of aloof celebrities like you know you've seen the lime video you've seen the ellen video yeah and she kind of became strangely enough like a gay icon for the limes (laughs) yeah 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 happened but (laughs) but um I think Dakota Johnson represents someone who was definitely like an aloof celebrity who we all kind of projected a personality onto Mm -hmm. like she was kind of such a blank slate that when she gave us like just a little bit of personality we ran with it and we were like she's our oh my god like she's our diva yes and now when she just said something about like how she would work with like Woody Allen everyone's like oh no she's not a gay icon at all right. she just like had a bowl of limes and we like we, we, we like projected a whole persona onto her and now it's like seeing how we're really let down by this person who didn't actually give us that much of her personality right we kind of made it and she kind of got memeified and now that she's like actually speaking her opinions we're like actually we don't like them it's so funny that you say that because it's like it's so true and it literally is all happening around her yeah that's what's so interesting like to be the person that this is all happening around and to see people sort of like like workshopping your personality Mm -hmm. and then deciding what it is and then being like well no maybe that's not what it is it's this now yeah, because when I was talking about how I thought, like, I think Anya Taylor-Joy or, like, Florence Pugh could kind of eventually fall down the Jennifer Lawrence pipeline, people were like, well, they don't try to be relatable, like Jennifer Lawrence. And I'm like, they don't really need to anymore, because what right. you're seeing more and more is, like, the public projecting a personality onto someone who is pretty private. Yeah. And, you know, like, with this past, like, decade, 
so many of us have had have just been like let down by celebrities who we loved because stuff came out about them or like their actions or old tweets and stuff and I think there's a certain safety in standing in a loose celebrity because you're like oh they're never gonna let me down because they're not gonna say anything <laughs> that's so interesting you're totally right and now the celebrity who overshares and is like a bit cringy which used to mm. be relatable is now just full cringe yeah full cringe and, and it's really what you see like with Chrissy Teigen is like and with Jennifer Lawrence is um in order to be relatable you have to share so much about your life you have to share mm -hmm. so many personal opinions that like eventually like it might take months it might take years like you're going to put your foot in your mouth yeah. you're going to have the wrong opinion or talk about something like you're not educated about and everyone's going to see it and yeah. hate you for it let's talk deeply for a second about jennifer lawrence since we're here let's right? talk about Jen let's talk about j-law <laughs> i think that she's really interesting because i really honestly think that she in the past decade is one of the only people that you can truly compare to that like Hollywood golden girl Julia Roberts thing like she acquired a level of fame that is so unattainable for most people because she sort of carved out her own brand of it girl like she created a new version of what it meant to be an it girl for that time period and at the time that meant being like I burp and I fart and I eat pizza mm -hmm. and blah 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 and like that was like really it was almost like the resurgence of like a dorkable if you will absolutely yeah you know like it was very very specific to that time of yeah. being like wow a woman talking about pizza on television you don't say <laughs> yeah and it's it's so weird because I, there's some comments in the video people like she was always cringe or she was always unfunny and I'm like well the public did not think so and also like what I yeah. said was like when she came onto the scene it really was a different time in terms of like I talked about this was a time like the 2010s like the early 2010s and 2000s was the time of like zero body diversity in Hollywood right where, like not just like people weren't just skinny they were like stick thin like think like Vic yeah. Victoria Justice that was like every single person you saw and like she came out at the time like at the peak like grunge aesthetic which mm -hmm. was all just like skin like bones skinny legs in tights and yeah. being a um being like a 12 year like a 13 year old girl in middle school with like the hips of a fertile woman uh, <laughs> with like the hips of like a breeder woman uh, oh when jennifer lawrence came onto the scene she truly was like the first person i saw who had who was even like near my body type mm -hmm. and by our standards today we're like she's always been skinny why'd she talk about food but really at that time her like no one was talking about how much they liked pizza it kind of was right. like i do want to give her credit for the well, not credit, but just like uh, people kind of act like she's, it's always been cringe, but I don't think we would be at the place we are now with body diversity if it wasn't for like, for that kind of first step. You know yeah. how like with like waves of feminism, each wave kind of is a response to the last wave and right. you push along, but, but it's like every single wave you look back and you can critique what just happened and then everything is response to that and i think we do that with jennifer lawrence but we don't give her credit for the fact that she did kind of push things forward she definitely pushed things forward it's weird it's like people she's one of those people that you know the general public likes to pretend it's like that didn't happen but no it yeah. did happen yeah it very <laughs> much happened like her falling at the oscars was a like it's a moment moment it was a meteor hitting the earth moment you can try and play it down now <laughs> because you're embarrassed what you tweeted about it or whatever yeah. but it happened and it was a major deal what was that uh what's that tiktok sound where it's like don't say that it was real yeah. it was real <laughs> to me that's exactly i feel like that yeah like we called her j-law it was like yeah. there were articles i found from like 20 from like 2016 where it was like Jennifer Lawrence was peak Jennifer Lawrence at the Oscars. Like that was a phrase in culture. Yeah. Like people have, you know, obviously actors and actresses have sort of moments of, you know, 
highs and lows and moments where they're talked about a lot or mm -hmm. they're in a project that like requires them to do a lot of press or seeing them a lot that's not comparable to what Jennifer Lawrence was like dealing with at that time she yeah. was a a cultural phenomenon honestly yeah. she really was and you know it's crazy it, it her her rise and fall was so fast and she's one person that I remember while we were in it I was like she's going to hit a wall so fucking hard because people are putting so much on her yeah. projecting so much onto her about like what she represents in Hollywood when really she's just kind of like this dorky girl that is like kind of like we, I don't think takes any of it as serious as anybody around her yeah I think also what happened with Jennifer Lawrence which you can kind of see happening with Bo Burnham is this phenomenon which I think it's really interesting where uh, a celebrity kind of becomes cringe not because of anything they do but because of what their fans do mm. um like you see how like the people who are really into Bo Burnham are getting like people kind of find them cringe and annoying mm -hmm. and then are associating that cringeness with Bo Burnham right and I think uh that I think that kind of happened with Jennifer Lawrence as well she kind of became like the queen of Tumblr and like teenagers made like very cringe posts like yeah. making jokes about that or talking about how relatable she was and then everyone was like this is cringe yeah so Jennifer Lawrence must be and right I think that that must be so frustrating as a celebrity to be like I'm not doing anything but my fans kind of suck yeah and like what am I supposed to do now if I go on a talk show because yeah. if I if I laugh at something or if I tell a story about being drunk or if I you know if, if I do anything uh in quotes relatable mm -hmm. um it'll come off as disingenuous and if I don't then people will know that I'm not doing it on purpose it's like this weird sort of space to be like painted into against your will um yeah. and obviously in her case it's it's very odd too because I feel like after the Me Too movement and after Harvey got exposed, it was like Jennifer felt disingenuous in this other way yeah. where it was like, well, you're not saying anything about Harvey and like you have a really fucking close relationship to him. Yeah. And people want, like, this is the moment where people want you to like say something and you've decided now to not. After years yeah. of not shutting the fuck up, now all of a sudden you are a quiet girl. Yeah, that, I feel like the Harvey thing, yeah, that was happening, like, in her recluse era as well, yeah. right? Or, I wonder if, yeah. Well, I think it sort of the, ushered in her recluse era. Ushered in, so that's where, like, the, the lines get a little bit blurry, because when I was doing, like, my research on Jennifer Lawrence, you see the tide shift against her, definitely in 20, definitely by 2016, mm -hmm. but it's happening like all throughout the year steadily. Um, mm. Like the Hawaii story doesn't come out until December of 2016. And like in February, people are tweeting about how they don't like her. Right. And I don't think, and I think Me Too happened at some point in the summer. So it, I think it was one of those weird cases that you see more and more now where like we don't like someone and then we find out something bad about them. Yes. And then we kind of use that as justification for why we treated them badly. I can't even believe you just said that. That has literally fallen out of my mouth so many times on this podcast. It's like, it's, it's true. Like, it's just like the main, I feel like it's anyone who follows like pop culture, like you and I, I feel like have noticed this like crazy trend. Like it happened with Billie Eilish recently mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where it's like, you can kind of get away with treating uh, a celebrity, you know, with misogyny or just treating them unfairly or treating them wrongly because if at any point they mess up, you can use that as justification. Right. Um, even if it's kind of grasping at straws sometimes. Yeah. Especially Not like Billie Eilish, but I, just like sometimes it was a little, sometimes I didn't get it. No, you're, that's a perfect example because if, if the celebrity is at a point of exhaustion, like mm -hmm. public exhaustion, the opinion of that person is like, enough of this person already. Mm -hmm. And then they do something that gives the public an opportunity. Or, and it, it mostly happens with women yeah. because people hate women for reasons they can't explain. So then when they have a reason, they're like, oh yeah, that's the reason, by the way. I hate her because of that. And it's like, do you? 
yeah it's a lot of people were say it's like oh well i hate jennifer lawrence because she did this and i'm like i think you hated her before yeah because i did my research and we all definitely hated her before this happened <laughs> yeah. and i feel like we're kind of rewriting history a bit there and, and i think we do rewrite history with uh celebrities a lot it's like what we talked about with like anne hathaway and julia roberts like we kind of just like lovingly forget that we yeah. hated them we we literally act like it did not happen <laughs> right. and it's like didn't you notice that anne hathaway was in every single movie and you haven't seen her for the past four years like where do you think that came from what are your thoughts on the anne hathaway of it all because i think she's another really interesting one Anne Hathaway was a really interesting one because um, I think of her kind of in relation to Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Of, um, or like, kind of like the year the Hunger Games came out was also the year that like the Dark Knight Rises came out. And mm -hmm. I kind of think of Anne Hathaway and Jennifer Lawrence as like kind of complementary opposites of like, this was the time that Anne Hathaway was lost a ton of weight for Les Mis and talked mm -hmm. about how miserable it was losing weight to fit into the cat suit. And then on the other hand, Jennifer Lawrence was like talking about how much she loved pizza. So they both kind of like occupied like these top spots in what an it girl could be. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting to think about how like both of them went down for different yeah. reasons. Yeah, I mean, really they are a cautionary tale of oversaturation mm -hmm. they are the perfect example of what can happen when you are riding a wave of fame and mm -hmm. you're trying to navigate it because you're the most talked about person in the world at that moment and how scary it can be when the public is like girl we've had enough <laughs> yes like with Anne, we really i mean jennifer of course but with Anne, it was like Anne. the thing that Anne has working against her is that she's not innately likable the way jennifer lawrence is yeah you have to kind of know her to love her kind of gig that's so true she's not immediately lovable yeah she's got like a real sort of uh theater geek thing about her that i think people want to like punish already there's something about <laughs> yeah, like yeah. <laughs> a like a theater kid that like you want to bully and like as fucked yeah. up as that is it's true she's she, very she, rachel berry yeah you definitely can see that like you can look at a person and you're like, yeah, that's a face I could bully. Yeah. And you don't, yes. you don't have that thing with Jennifer Lawrence, but you do no. with certain people. You definitely that's do a racial Anne Hathaway. Energy. <laughs> yeah, and it's sad because I think, I really honestly think Anne Hathaway has to be one of the most harmless people. I mean, yeah, my God, right? like, like, my God. Like, has she done? Well, that's also like one of those things of like with Anne Hathaway, like she never really messed up. Like mm -mm. she didn't really give us anything to, I think it's one of those things of how like because she never gave us anything to justify why we hated her people yeah. just like pretended like that never happened because yeah it's um and i think you see this a lot on the internet and pop culture like on tiktok and just in, in bigger in culture is i think you see a lot of people especially like young teenagers um who don't understand that you don't need a moral justification for disliking someone mm. uh, and you don't need a moral reason to find someone annoying wow that's uh, a really profound point honestly <laughs> i'm truth bomb yeah that's very <laughs> fucking true because it well just think about it like when you were young like when you were a teenager i feel like i i don't know if you have this but i feel like i had that thing of like I thought that you weren't supposed to dislike someone unless they were a bad person. Right. And like, it would make me feel like a bad person to dislike someone who was mm -hmm. not a bad person. Mm -hmm. But like, did you have that as well? And But then you get older and you go to college and you're like, actually some people you just don't vibe with and you don't have to be mean to them or anything, but it's fine to find someone annoying and dislike them even when they're harmless and they haven't done anything bad. Yeah. And I don't think, like teenagers on Twitter understand that. Yeah. And I think what they can do to kind of combat that when they start to find a celebrity annoying is just like grasp at straws for like, right. what can I use to justify my annoyance? Yeah, and it's also okay to just like remove somebody from your, like from your world. Block them. Like, 
Block you know what I mean? There are so many celebrities that I, I li- that are so famous, that are literally so famous that I just don't see because I don't give a fuck. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's fine. You don't have to like Rubik's Cube the person into your, to make them make sense into your life just because they're having a moment. Yeah, but also, it, but it's also one of those things that, like, I think what it's like what you what you think someone would do if they fi- start to find a celebrity annoying is like block them. Right. But like, what I realized is like, people don't want to be the only one that finds a celebrity annoying. Like, they want to convince everyone else that that celebrity is annoying and right. like form a little community around that. It's true. Like, I've had people who like didn't like didn't like my tiktoks before like put like take them from tiktok and then like post them to twitter without any context to like kind of trying to start like a hate train on it like Mm -hmm. in their niche twitter sphere which is crazy to me but it it kind of shows you that like um people don't want to be alone in hating things and so true they will take it if you're not getting hate like on tiktok like they will take it somewhere else where you can get hate People like creating a tribe around them mm-hmm. and in their thoughts. And you do see that a lot, especially on TikTok. You'll see these videos that like a lot of times do really scare me, to be honest, because I'm like, oh God, here we go. Of a person <laughs> being like, here are the top seven reasons we should have canceled this person a long time ago. And I'm like, oh, here, here we fucking go. And it's like, yeah. you know, like Betty White or something. I'm like, can we just like, can we just like, you know what I mean? The woman's, the woman's like a thousand years yeah. old. Like, let's get a fucking hobby, maybe. Please, when, like when you're 99, you can say what you want. That, <laughs> yeah. like, like you're you're on your way out. Like this is not someone who we need to hold accountable. Right. And uh, what will it mean? What will it mean? It's like, okay. Yeah. And also like with that thing about when I was talking about the like going back to J the J law of it all, mm-hmm. um, someone <laughs> this um this like one this was a great comment this person was like I don't I look this person was like look I don't usually want to defend a white woman doing white woman nonsense but <laughs> I think and she started off like that which was hilarious I cackled but then she was like but people act like the reason they don't like her is because of like the Hawaii thing and how she like disrespected an indigenous culture and mm-hmm. she was like in reality 90% of people did not care about the fact that she had disrespected indigenous culture. Like almost everyone from like the tweets I saw, so many of them were bragging about how they had disliked Jennifer Lawrence this whole time. Yeah. And they were like, wow, I've been telling you Jennifer Lawrence is annoying. I hated her this whole time. Now you guys see that I was right. It wasn't like, it wasn't like moral outrage that she had done something disrespectful. It was like, guess who's been bullying her this whole time right I was like yeah actually you're right they did not care yeah and it's like we said earlier it's like well boys get out the pitchforks it's time <laughs> well it's boys, ready to burn her it's time. <laughs> <laughs> she's ready to be cooked she's ready to be cooked the oven is ready <laughs> <laughs> it's like Jesus Christ like we we learn nothing and it's so funny like watching people have these like you know, revelations about how they treated Britney 10 years ago. And I'm like, mm-hmm. nothing has changed. The only difference is that now you can be really, really awful and rotted to somebody, but like you use soft language to be terrible to them and bully them to death mm-hmm. um, instead of just outright being like, you're fat. You know what I mean? Like that's what we did 10 <laughs> yeah. years ago. Yeah, all the, oh, the good old days. The good old days when you could just be mean. Yeah, yeah, you can be like you're you're annoying and ugly and now it has to be like you're a fascist actually and i'm gonna gonna tell you why you're a fascist (laughs) jesus christ it's so funny bring back normal bullying yes the good old bullying um another person that i wanted to talk to you about that i just think has had the craziest it girl uh history is drew barrymore Oh, Drew, I was thinking about her today. I was thinking about her today, <laughs> talking about this. Because like, I knew I was coming on and I was like, I should brush up on my Drew. I should brush, brush up on my Drew history. Drew Barrymore occupies such an interesting, nuanced it girl category to me because she's literally been everything you can be in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, she's been a world famous child star. She's been a cautionary tale. Yeah. She's been washed up. She's been A plus list. 
yeah. know what I mean? She's literally occupied A list to like D minus list throughout her career. Like not many people can say that they've checked every single box. Yeah. And She's she really fucking unique. bounces back. And it's like the way Drew Barrymore has bounced back 40 fucking times is just so inspiring to me it's like you know how like a roach can survive a nuclear bomb <laughs> yeah like i think drew barrymore can survive the end of the world the way absolutely every, with everything she's survived and she's really now she's doing like a, a talk show yeah her pivots <laughs> are iconic the career pivots oh like, my god if you tried to make a map it would just be the windiest road all over the place it would be all over the place and she it's like she proves to me that it's never too late or too early, like for a comeback. Pe- yes. People like a comeback. And if you can find- I love a comeback story. Oh my God. <laughs> There's nothing better than a good comeback story. And if you can find a way to like wedge yourself back into the good graces of the public and do it in a way that feels like fresh, people mm-hmm. will eat that shit up. People love a comeback. Yeah. And also it's one of those things of like, it's kind of weird because even with celebrities that we, we, we start to hate, we kind of at the end of the day are always still rooting for them. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like we're still rooting for them to turn it around somehow. Yeah. And um, I think when, when you get to a point where you're too oversaturated, you, you just can't do it. You're yeah. too in everyone's face all the time. But like, I'm like, say what you want about Jennifer Lawrence. Like, I'm happy that she's like coming back and she feels like she can come back into society. Like, I don't, I don't know that much about like the Harvey Weinstein thing. A lot of people were talking about that. And I guess that was just like not on my radar during the Me Too movement. I didn't know what happened there. Um, And again, like this is not a defense of Jennifer Lawrence, but I'm, I'm just saying that like, I was definitely one of those people who found her super annoying. And mm-hmm. now that she's coming back, I'm like, oh, good. I'm like, good for her. <laughs> no, yeah. I Listen, I also am a sucker for a good comeback story. I am. Like, it's really, like, it's embedded in us now. Like, we've mm-hmm. really been trained to think that that's what it is to be a celebrity. That, like, you should jump through, like, rings of fire to get back in our good graces. Like, that's what it looks like to be a good celebrity who has a long career is Mm -hmm. you have these moments of like, you know, you look at the fact that like, first of all, Drew Barrymore was in rehab as a teenager and had to publicly admit to the world that she was a drug addict as a teenager and like rebuilt her career. So she was in this like Lindsay Lohan place. Yeah. And then she did Scream and was totally uninsurable and like nobody really cared about Drew Barrymore anymore. Mm-hmm. Scream revitalized her career and then a few years later she owns a fucking production company and and has revamped Charlie's Angels. It's mind-blowing. Like it's Girl honestly boss moves. Girl boss moves. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> like honestly hashtag #boss babe. I it's like I just it's unreal. I just I love her so much. Yeah, I think, I think like the, I think the best career you can have in Hollywood is one that is slow and steady. Mm -hmm. And she has had a career that has been the complete opposite of that. And you've seen, you've seen the crashes from that. But like now she's just kind of like, she just kind of has the energy of like the fun aunt. Yeah. Has a little wine at Thanksgiving and it's like, how's your boyfriend yes like she's totally has like re like revamped her persona so many times yeah it's totally true and now she can kind of do you know she's put in the work you know she white knuckled it whatever she she wants her fists were curled the entire time yes (laughs) she can literally do anything and especially now that her talk show is like done fairly well Uh she can literally do anything she owns a production company she has you know a brand of like makeup in like homes decor I mean it's really just like it's incredible you know it, it would it would basically be if the comparison would be if Lindsay Lohan at the lowest point in her career let's say like a 2007 Lindsay Lohan had just like completely got it together became yeah 
A-list again, starred in movies that had a budget like Mean Girls. I mean, that's like unimaginable. Yeah, it's insane. It's a, Drew's really one of those people who's like, I don't think I've, I think you're right in saying that she's kind of singular in terms yeah. of the comeback story that she's had. I don't think anyone can, has a bigger one than her. Yeah, I agree with, yeah, I, I've always said that she's like, um, <laughs> this is like a weird metaphor, but I've always said that if, if Hollywood could like give birth to a literal child, it would be true Barrymore. <laughs> That's so, yeah, you're right, because it would be a nepotism, baby. <laughs> like her, her mom is just the Hollywood sign. That's so true. She's um her first word was that's showbiz baby. <laughs> yeah, and she gave that's like, the worst joke I've ever made. <laughs> but like, where's the lie? Then she gave pointer fingers. Ah, razzle dazzle. She pulled her suspenders and snapped them on her chest. No, that's an absolutely that's a great analogy. <laughs> Thanks. That's Thank you. Perfect, it made metaphor. sense in my head, so I'm happy to hear that. Mm-hmm. Um a person that I stole from you, I stole this person from you, just so you know. No, not one of my girls. <laughs> I, I, I stole one of your girls. I want to talk yeah. about Zendaya. I would love to talk about Zendaya. She's Can we do that? so interesting to me. Please. Uh, well, first, give me your thoughts. What do you think? Okay. So she occupies one of my favorite it girl tropes. The fashion it girl. Mm. It's a different thing. It's, it's a, a different thing. thing. Here's the thing. The fashion it girl, in my opinion, is awarded a different set of privileges than your regular run-of-the-mill it girl mm-hmm. because you carve out this like second tier of your career that has nothing to do with your acting or your singing or whatever. It's mostly, this is like an actor thing, but it's like you're a fashion girl and it opens up all these different opportunities for you Um like when you're a fashion it girl, you can like not star in a movie for years. You can maybe have a bunch of flops back. And, f- and I'm not saying that that's her because mm-hmm. obviously she's an incredible actor and she's like, her star is rising. But mm-hmm. like when you are a fashion it girl, you can not have like the best career, but still be expected to show up places because you are a fashion darling. Exactly. Like Pope Rihanna. The, 20, the 2017, 2016 Mechal, whatever it was. Like, yes. like Rihanna has also been kind of, because when I was talking about people who I think could fall down the Jennifer Lawrence pipeline, I mentioned Zendaya and a lot of people were saying like, I think she's been goaded to like Rihanna status. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that comes from being the fashion girly of the moment. Yeah. It's, it's a different set of rules. Like you, there's a different expectation and like you can literally show up anywhere. It doesn't matter what, she could show up at any A-list event, any award show, any music event. It doesn't matter. I would never question why she was there. I'd be like, oh yeah, Ever. there she is. Good for you her. Never <laughs> question it. And you know Good that <laughs> designers are going to be clamoring, like literally crawling on their knees for the opportunity to dress her for every event that she goes to. Like it's a real, it's a real specific kind of world to exist in yeah and also the the thing is um someone uh this person on tiktok who i follow who does a lot of like really great like feminist videos her name is kira i don't know how to pronounce her last name but her name is also kira she talked about my video and she was like i don't think zendaya will ever like fall down the jennifer lawrence pipeline because like as a black woman in hollywood they because like our society like perceives black as like um not the norm or outside the norm it's kind of like black women in hollywood always are going to fall into the edgy it girl status or like the fashion it girl they're never going to be like the america's sweetheart it girl but and but I think it kind of saves them in the long run from falling down because when I was like doing a lot of research, but I also think it's also because they are, I think because like women of color are under so much scrutiny in Hollywood, I think they're a lot more cautious about what they say. Right. And they're a lot smarter. Whereas 
a white woman in Hollywood is really like, let me tell you about the time I pissed myself. <laughs> Whereas like, because it'll a be black, cute. Yeah, exactly. It'll be like cute and quirky. Whereas I don't, I could never imagine like a black celebrity saying that. I think it is also because there's so little representation in Hollywood mm-hmm. that the people who are who are minorities do feel like they are carrying a torch or they are representing their community. And I think, well, what do you think about that? I think they're a lot smarter with what they say. I think that that's totally true. And I also think what you said earlier really hits, hits the nail on the head in the sense that Black women in the entertainment industry, where whether it's like film or music, whatever, especially in music, you see this a lot, like black girls don't get put on the same sort of virginal like American sweetheart pedestal Mm -hmm. so there's no falling from there's no like expectation from the public for you to remain that because they never see you that way like this is a, a very very weird pivot and a really weird comparison but it does make sense I promise um, I did an episode, I did like a, like an eight part episode about Christina Aguilera a few, like maybe a year ago. Eight part episode about Christina. Wait, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Have you seen that tweet where it's like, Christina was at her lowest, fat, nasty, and broke career in shambles. She came on this bitch mad as hell. And it's a link to moves like Jagger. <laughs> Have you seen that tweet? No. I'm, I'm, I'm going to DM it to you right after this. Don't worry. Sorry. Please do. I love a Christina moment. Uh, she just is like very, a very interesting celebrity, but she, um, so I was reading about like when she did Lady Marmalade, like she was like told, like people were really upset about it because they were like, you're a role model. She was dressed really sexy and they didn't like what she was wearing in the video. And it's ironic because it's a song about being like a French (laughs) hooker. It's it's about being a hooker. (laughs) Right? Like, that's the theme of the song. And also, there are four other women, or three other women in the video that nobody cared about. And they only cared about Christina looking that way because she was a white, blonde pop star. But Maya and Lil' Kim could have their nipples showing and, like, whatever, and nobody gave a shit because they would never even think to put them on the same pedestal of being a virginal, you know, precious moments figurine. Yeah, And, and, you know, if you think about, like, Zendaya's career, like she's she started off as a Disney star, at, right. and, and now it's like in a Spider-Man movie. Like she does, she did do Euphoria, but like she's always she her audience is definitely like younger. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen any complaints from anyone about her wearing something that's too risky or like too risky no. or too racy. It, and it's I feel like if she was white, but it's like also like it's because of racism. Yeah, but it's kind of like them sometimes like using it to their advantage and but it's also a disadvantage because I think one of the reasons they can never fall is they can never get as high as the white exactly. Like exactly. the edgy the edgy it girl is never going to be at the at the at their peaks is never going to be as high as like the white American sweetheart. That's exactly um, it. But and then I also think something that works for people like Rihanna and like uh I see this all the time with like uh the sisters, Chloe and is it Bailey? Oh, yeah, Hallie? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, um, Hallie. Is, and it was Zendaya's, um, their fan base, which is largely like the Black community, is fiercely protective of them. Right. And as they should be, because uh, like I remember my video when I was like, I love all these actresses. I hope nothing bad happens to them, but I can see them maybe in the future falling out of popularity. There were comments being like, don't bring Zendaya into this <laughs> and, was, and it was hilarious to me but what I'm interested in what your thoughts are on that because obviously I'm white I can't speak to that but I do think that has something to do with the fact that they are enduring in Hollywood what do you think no I think that that's true I think that in recent years there's been this sort of unspoken like protect our queens kind of thing you know what I <laughs> yeah. mean like you, you look at somebody like Zendaya and she's so talented and she's so beautiful and there's so much like potential for she's so young and mm-hmm. there's so much potential for what her career could be and yeah I think that there's like a fierce protection of girls like her where you're like no like mm-hmm. you're not like we're, what we're yeah, not gonna no. do is, le- is, is like it's fuck up Zendaya's career because she's just <laughs> 
too special. I mean, honestly, it's like yeah. she's too special. Um, but it is, I mean, I'm I'm happy that you brought up the Disney aspect of it too, because it's interesting that because like let's say she had never fallen into a fashion girl category, yeah. right? Like how much harder would it have been for her to transition out of being a Disney star? Like if you Dude, think that's a about really it. Good point. When she hit, like, I think back to, like, I remember seeing her on, like, um, on a lot of shows being talked about because of her red carpet looks before people really knew who mm-hmm. she was. And it was, like, she really carved out a space for herself because of what she was wearing. Mm-hmm. And it felt intentional. It was, like, she knew that that was, like, her power. But she's, yeah. like, I have this fucking wicked-ass sense of, of like, personal <laughs> style. Yeah. And she used it to her advantage and it was so smart. Yeah, that's actually, it's just like a genius career move of like, I'm a Disney star. How do I get people to see me in more of an adult way, but not in a way like Miley Cyrus where people start to hate you. Or Bella Thorne. Or Bella Thorne, exactly. Or Bella Thorne, her Wario. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Bella Thorne. and I think, yeah, like moving into kind of like the, and also it's one of those things of like someone being edgy in fashion is a lot actually safer than being edgy personality wise, exactly. which is what like Miley Cyrus and Bella Thorne tried to do. Right. And people don't like that because when you're edgy personality wise, it means you're a freak. Right. <laughs> and, but if you're just like turning out these like amazing, just like serving these edgy, cool looks, you're like, oh this girl rock again you're like good for her exactly it's very that it's very that it's very that it's it's like (laughs) very comparable to rihanna because rihanna allows you know rihanna doesn't like do a lot of press anymore really like she for years has basically allowed her fashion to represent who she is Mm -hmm. as this sort of like ever-changing ever-evolving you know, like goddess that you can't really tie down to one category, you know, like Rihanna's fashion represents her career in a lot of ways, you know, and she knows it, like it's intentional. I think we'll definitely see Zendaya coming out with some sort of fashion line. I know she did the Tommy Hilfiger collab, but I, I can totally see her going down, like kind of following the Rihanna blueprint. Yeah, Uh, I think so too. Ah, oh, so what I love her. I, I think so too. If there's someone like I'm rooting for the most, it is her. Because yeah. I I just know how much she means to people and she's so talented. She's such a star. And if Tom Holland ever hurts her, I'm gonna be so <laughs> upset. And she also, by the way, just to like really honestly put the perfect period at the end of this conversation, she was left out of the uh, countdown to the most fashionable celebrities of the year list and it's like of course she was Who and I, this list? honestly it's like fuck off and also all yeah. that's gonna do is make people rally around her more exactly. because she does in a lot of ways occupy that underdog sort of yeah place in Hollywood yeah exactly it's like even though she is probably like the biggest star, she won an Emmy for Euphoria. She was in Dune. She's in these, she's in blockbusters and like indie TV shows. It's like, I I do think it's, it probably is like racism at the end of the day. She's always going to occupy this kind of outsider, edgy it girl space. And I do really want to give credit to, this was not my original idea. The person who brought this up was um, a girl on TikTok named Kira. I think you pronounce her last name like Bra Brewa. Okay. Sorry. But um, I do want to say like this is not my insight into racial issues. This is no, yeah, this yeah. was a this was a black woman who brought this up to me. Um, but I think it's really made me, but I'm so glad she brought it up because it really made me re-examine Zendaya and how and how we think about her and and just everything in Hollywood. Well, do you have any, uh, do you have any girls that we missed that you wanted to any talk girls about? girls that we missed? I don't know. I feel like we, t- we talked about all the girls. I know. So we really, we really just clucked for a full hour. No way. It was like, 
time is time went so fast. I know. <laughs> this was really fun. I'm so excited that I had you on. I'm so happy to be a friend of the pod. I'd love yeah. to come back whenever you want. Absolutely. Um, being a little recurring character um, <laughs> yeah. in the pop culture sphere. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. Tell people again where they can find you on the internet. At Super Kira, K-E-A-R-A. That's how you spell my name. And I will be sending you the Christina Aguilera tweet. Please do. I won't let you forget. So check your (laughs) DMs. I won't let you forget, I promise. Okay, amazing. Bye, guys. Bye. See ya. Thank you for listening to Dunzo. This podcast is a part of the Solid Listen Network. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Also be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash solidlisten for exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McGee, and you can follow the podcast on all forms of social media at DunzoPod. That's D-U-N-Z-O. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew.